Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and you found a fun and secret time capsule from my baby son. Each episode, I sit down and chat with a special guest about friendships, pop culture, parenting, and whatever strikes my fancy. Really, the end goal is to make sure that when my son does eventually discover this, he's thoroughly embarrassed. In the meantime, I'm not quite sure where each episode or where the show is going, but getting there should be half the fun. Hello, and welcome to Hello. Have the Fun Podcast. This is a super special edition. What? I'm joined by, uh, I'm Jason, your regular host. I'm joined by my uh, semi-regular co-host, Allison. Hello. How are you doing, Allison? I'm doing great. Terrific. Um, and we are joined with super special guest, guest slash sibling, Joanne. Hello. <laughs> hey. Hello. It's great to be talking to you guys. <laughs> we are very excited to talk to you today. I know Allison um, was very excited to talk to you and get you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things I keep meaning to do and forgetting about. And so I'm very happy it's happening right now. If it makes you feel better, I have also forgotten my middle sister to get on this podcast. Oh, that's true. Lisa has not been on. It's true. So middle sister. You can blame it on the multiple kids, that it's, it's just true. harder to schedule with people with multiple kids. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just moved to Hawaii, so her life's been right. a little busy. So yeah. anyway, um, so Trian, uh, very excited to chat to you today. I've got uh, some fun questions here mm -hmm. um, for you. Um, you can certainly go in at this depth as you'd like, knowing that okay. both uh, your mom and your children will be listening to this podcast probably. Yeah. So, hello, <laughs> hello family. Um, just a little bit more about you. I'm writing down what I have for memory. Um, so if I remember correctly, uh, you have a, uh, an advanced degree, degree in chemistry, a PhD in chemistry, is that correct? Uh, not chemistry. It's oh. by bi it's biochemistry, but I actually feel like I need to lie about the title because that makes it sound like I know something about chemistry and I don't. Um, it's true. more <laughs> well, very little. But that was always the joke in the the graduate program is that all of the biology majors really knew very very little about chemistry, so <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't yeah. it too much. <laughs> so yeah, and like biology, molecular biology, that kind of thing. Terrific, excellent, and you have spent uh, many a good year. Um, with more than a full-time job as a stay-at-home parent mm -hmm. for three mm -hmm. very rambunctious boys. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Terrific. <laughs> Can you remind me, because I'm not the greatest uncle, how they, the age range of your children? Okay, so there's Eric, who just turned 10, and Robbie, who <laughs> just turned 8. And then Sam is bringing up the lead, the rear with, <laughs> he is currently four and a half. He'll be five in October. Oh, so exciting. Um, and yeah. we saw them most recently just this summer, actually, in Texas. Like, in Texas, yeah. in April. Kind of, yeah. It seems like a lifetime ago when we were down it, in Texas. It seems like two years ago. I know. Um, I know. I'm not even sure what know. happened. It was super fun hanging out with them yeah. in Texas. Um, I just thought we could start off maybe a little bit at the beginning, too. So, um, uh, Joanne, you are the middle sibling. Um, can I you am. remind me how many years apart you are from Allison? Uh, I'm four years older than Allison. Oh, so, terrific. and then yeah, Dan is two years older than me. So, mm -hmm. great. So, and that mirrors actually my own family too, in terms sure, of right. uh, birth uh, range there too. Right. Um, so. I don't think I've ever had a chance to really ask uh, either of you uh, about your childhood in terms of, I've certainly heard different pieces there. Um, so I'm just going to... How long do we have? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start with a softball here. Um, can, uh, Joanne, can you tell me a fun childhood memory that involves Allison or a favorite? Like, oh, oh like geez. That? I didn't know about these questions ahead of time. Oh, 
that's hard to like, you know what? <laughs> this is sad, but I feel like when we talk about childhood memories, we have so many not as pleasant ones or ones that are funny, but not in a like, ha, like, ha, ha, right. Yeah. <laughs> not in a, what a cute memory. <laughs> Um, so I guess I'll just go with whatever first comes to mind. And <laughs> Allison, do you remember when we were in the house on Milner and mom had Christmas decorations and she had that Santa head that like laughed hysterically, like laughed in this oh, evil demonic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now I I'm, this. when I started thinking of memories, that's just the first thing that popped into head was that, that and the like crazy fights we used to. Allison and I, I have these vague memories of us having fights where we would throw food at each other. I don't know if you remember yeah, that at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, actually, that's the first thing that popped into my head was we lived in an apartment for a few years with our mom and shared a bedroom together and we got into fights all the time. And at some point they evolved to throwing food. And I yeah. don't remember how it the sequence of events that happened, but someone was microwaving one of those like frozen chicken patties. Chicken patties, I remember. <laughs> and how old were you at the time? If, uh, like, if you give I, me like a, I think I was oh. like in third or fourth grade. Okay. And yeah, because I was in middle school. Middle so. school, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and someone grabbed the chicken patty and threw it at the other. I don't know who started it. Well, so, it someone, sorry, someone threw a chicken. Yeah. Patty. Someone threw a chicken patty. And it just went back and forth. And then there was other food items. I think um, there were grapes, right? There was because grapes I think because, because they turned into raisins. They turned into raisins <laughs> and we found them later on the floor. Yes. <laughs> and then I also have a fond memory of uh, Joanne was, you know, older than me and always, always to this day smarter than I am. And no, not true. Uh, and one day we were watching television and I kept wanting them to watch my show and I would turn the TV to my station and then I would try <laughs> to like grab the remote and Joanne would grab the remote cause she was stronger. And then I would cover the like area on the TV where the remote signal would like take it. So I would just stand in front of the TV and like cover it so she couldn't change the station. And Joanne one day was like, well, if you're going to do that and she walked away and all of a sudden the TV power went out and I had no idea what had happened. I was like, you're not even near the TV. Joanne has magical powers. And I <laughs> couldn't comprehend what had happened. Little did I know she went to the like power. Yeah, the, the fuse, the, the circuit fuse breakers. Box. Yeah, it's and it just turned, just turned off the power <laughs> to the whole room. Just <laughs> and the only way I could get her to turn it back on that I knew could like sway the TV back on was to give in and let her watch right. Wanted. Yeah, wow. and the greatest part was that later when my mom was home, she tried to turn about fair play and tried to do the same thing to me, and then she got in trouble for doing it because my mom saw her do it and was mad, oh, and she was like, yeah. "But, but," and I never did because she didn't see me do it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was not the smart. I didn't pick up on these. Well, things, was you but... were four years younger, yeah. so I, 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 I don't know if you even remember this or if you just remember our stories about it. But Dan and I used to get you to do things like clean up our messes by giving you pennies. Oh yeah, because you no, thought pennies that. were like yeah. the greatest thing ever. Greatest thing. Poor, poor youngest sibling. I remember at one point I was like, penny. Psh. I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, you wised up eventually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super cute. Um, yeah. So besides the chicken patty incident, do you have another fun memory, Allison? 
Um, or the TV remote. I'm sorry, you guess you've named multiple ones. There's, uh, so those are fun memories. I do remember just Joanne always being there for me. I remember in, when I was in middle school and she was in high school, I and got- this was in Ohio? This no. was in Ohio, okay. yeah. yeah. And I got moved into a higher like English and math class. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was behind in some of the material, and they gave me this packet to do over the summertime uh, to catch up with my classmates. And it was PEMDAS uh, and FOIL and all those fun things, and I had no idea what I was looking at, and our mom, who was an accountant, who is an accountant, I don't know if she just like forgot about algebra or I'm not sure but Joanne totally stepped in and helped me through all I have no that. recollection of that but yeah, I'm glad I, I did it <laughs> and then I took like a typing like I was trying to learn how to type uh, and I feel like my mom and Joanne would help type up some of my papers and helped me learn how to type by like yeah covering my uh, or covering my hands on the keyboard so that I couldn't see what I was doing and I hated them for it at the time but then like was so appreciative of it later you didn't so have fun remember. like little video games for the fast like you had to type so fast to win but you couldn't really look at your hands I don't think we had a computer advanced like our computer was DOS at the time yeah uh, it was yeah so I mean this is basic, old school gotcha. basic. yeah it wasn't even Word. I don't even know what it was. No, it wasn't. It was like, because I don't, I didn't have an email. I got my first email account when I was a senior in high school and I yeah. was applying for colleges, no, but nobody used way. it. Yeah. Yeah. And we had the printer that had the like tearaway strips on the side. Yeah, like the, the, dot, matrix. the dot matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also have really yeah. fun memories. Uh, our mom worked at a bookstore. Um, That's true. There's some great. Oh, and Cheryl's cookies and Cheryl's cookie. Uh, there was a cookie store right next to the bookstore yeah. that we love, and we still get those cookies to this day. We like mm -hmm. order them online and have them shipped. Um, but our mom would take us into her office. I, I think on days when we weren't at school or um, yeah, on weekends back, or something. Do daycare, and mm -hmm. I remember stamping checks with mm -hmm. my mom, and I remember. Uh, her office for a while was in a basement, um, and it was the basement of like a what used to be a grocery store. So it was huge on the bottom, and it was uncarpeted through most of it. Uh, and I would get on the rolly office chair, and Joanne mm -hmm. would just like I remember that push me and spin me around, and it was just so much fun rolling back and forth on that. It was a lot of fun. It was so. like playing in a book warehouse, which was yeah. perfect for yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had lots of very good memories. Yeah. And of course, Allison was around. So I started dating my husband, Brian, when mm -hmm. I was in high school. So Allison was around in the very early days of when Brian and I oh. first started dating. And it always seemed like, of course, it's, not, it's hard to remember exactly what the reality was, but it always felt like you were kind of our co-conspirator, but like <laughs> you actually got to know us kind of as a couple dating. And I always felt like it yeah. took us a little more seriously than anybody else did. And I felt like, I can't remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I definitely remember our mom saying, like, you and Brian couldn't be in your bedroom yeah. alone. Yeah, uh, but she was at work. So. But she was at work. So I was, like, the lookout for our mom 
if she came home or like, you know, and I would always keep the secret that Joanne and yeah. Brian were in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Allison was an excellent little sister. Yeah. Yeah. Until this moment <laughs> where podcasted it now. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I think the secret's already out on that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's really cool to know. So you, um, I guess you've known each other in a lot of different context. Yes. Um, yes. But we can definitely shift a little bit to um, um, maybe par parenthood. Yeah, so yeah. We'll talk a little yeah. bit more about parenthood. Sure. So, um, like how do you feel like, um, we'll, we'll do this in, in different shifts here. Yeah. So how do you feel like your relationship changed after Joanne had um, Eric? So as she became a mother for the first yeah. time. Where can Joanne answer that of course. first? Yeah. Did, of course. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. How did our relationship change after I had Eric? Yeah. Um, well, I think, so one thing I, I, whenever somebody says like, are you and your sister close? I feel like it's a little hard to answer because I feel very close to Allison, mm -hmm. but we don't talk. It's, we're not the kind of sisters that talk every single day or text constantly, but I still feel this real closeness. Um, so I guess when Eric was born, and you guys have talked about a lot on your podcast how your relationship with friends changed after you had a child. Mm -hmm. yes. um, and so I feel like the same as with friendships, everything, every relationship kind of takes a backseat, you know, when you have your, your child because you have this baby and the thought of talking on the phone is just, you know, you can't even imagine trying to come up with the time. So I think... Um, when Eric was born, let's see, he was born in 2008. And so Allison was back from the Cook Islands, but I guess in vet school I was at the in time. two years into vet school. Yeah. And so you were busy with vet school. So I don't know that it really Well, I came changed. down. You uh, came down to visit. I came yeah. down to visit because he was born in July. And mm -hmm. I had a few weeks. I think I came down for two to four weeks at, at, a month or so after he was born before I had to start school in the fall. Mm -hmm. uh, I do remember visiting and there's a picture of me holding him in like a rocking chair. Yeah. I yeah. think it was the yeah. first time I'd held an infant baby and I was like <laughs> terrified of dropping Yeah, said first nephew. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that it, I mean, I think just like every other relationship I had with people, mm -hmm. it, you know, there was a little bit more distance, just not being able to talk, but then you were also in vet school. So you were busy. And, yeah. And um, I think I felt just like a little both alienated in that I was, I just didn't know what to do or how to help. Uh, yeah. And I felt just like, just like any new stage that she was Joanne was going through it first, and I just had no idea what was going on or what to talk about or how to relate. So I just felt like I was very much a visitor in a strange land when I was right. there right after Eric was born. Uh, and it, and in ways reflected sometimes in the past when she went to college for the first time and mm -hmm. I was visiting her at college and other things she did for the first time. So in some ways it, it, it didn't feel so crazy, but at the same time, it was probably the biggest difference we had ever had before as yeah. far as like, we were in very different stages of our yeah, life at that point. Yeah. So, so it, it, it felt, yeah, both still close cause we're sisters, but still very distant. And I just remember 
really wanting to help, but not even knowing how to ask how I should help. You know, you know, right. when you have that baby, you don't want to have to explain what that, what that person needs to do or how you just want them to step in and help out. And I just, right. I don't think I got that. <laughs> yeah. Well that, and on top of that, I feel like we've always had the dynamic of big sister, little sister. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I don't think I even knew how to ask for help. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't even know what I needed help with. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so yeah, I think I, I just tried to put the dishes away, you know, like that <laughs> yes. was, I was like, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I think the hardest was just later uh, after I think Eric was around for a little bit. And then maybe when Robbie came, we used to have these really long phone conversations before camp. Yeah. Uh, and that totally stopped. And I don't, yeah. we still occasionally now have the chance to have a long conversation, but it's yeah. not very often. That's partly me. I'm almost incapable of having a short conversation on the phone. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like that too, but I remember just being a really hard to have that like kid in the background that's only always interrupting um, yeah. and just having that new transition. But it did help me later on when other friends had kids like Helen yeah. to not have such high expectations uh, yeah. for that friendship, knowing that someone else was going through such a huge change in their life. Yeah. My best friend, Crystal from college, um, She's really, she doesn't have any kids of her own, but she is my age, so she has lots of friends with kids, and she's kind of gotten used to that. She said it to me that, um, you know, she's like, I I understand that you have kids, and if I want to still be a part of your life, that means that I have to be okay with phone conversations where we can be in the middle of a conversation, and all of a sudden you blurt out, no, don't throw that at your brother, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Yeah. (laughs) But she was also really good about when when she was feeling like she was putting too much of the effort into the relationship. She was like, you know, it's okay if we don't have time for an hour-long phone call. Just if you're thinking about me, send me a quick text, or even if you only have five minutes. You know, it's not enough, but it's better than nothing. And that was actually a really, um, I think she had a really hard time bringing it up because she was worried that if she pushed back at all, I would be like, well, if you don't get that I have kids, right. then we should right. just not be friends. But I'm really glad she said something because it kind of changed the way that I approach um, maintaining friendships, I guess, and that mm-hmm. in any relationship for that matter, like I... No, I kind of feel like even though I don't have time for an hour-long phone call, if someone calls, I just pick up the phone because even if I'm going to get interrupted in five minutes, it's better it's to... connecting. Right, having some kind of connection or texting or something just to try to preserve that connection. Mm-hmm. Right on, excellent. Um, can you... Uh, so stay-at-home parent, I'm sure you think a lot about yes. parenting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you know, so something certainly we're starting to navigate a little bit, particularly as, you know, Weston starts daycare and, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. And, you know. uh, and I don't think I told Joran yet, but we just signed Wes up for daycare. and he's You did ask. tell me that, actually. Oh, did I? Oh, okay. was, yes, you did. We talked about that the other day. Oh, okay. And I will say that uh, Eric wasn't, when Eric was a year old, I went back to work part-time, and so he was in daycare three days a week, um, and that lasted for about a year, and then I was pregnant with Robbie, and then when Robbie was born, I stopped, and I haven't been back to work since. So, well, not 
paid work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Still do a lot of work. Um, yes. <laughs> can you describe a little bit, now that you've certainly had a lot of practice, <laughs> a little bit mm -hmm. about um, your parenting style or philosophy and maybe how your own childhood um, it informed your style? Hmm. Um, I guess it's changed over time. Um, and I guess my, my personal feeling has always been, um, well, one, I think that being a stay-at-home parent works for me because it's what I feel called to do and it's what I find personally satisfying, but I totally get that for other people, that's not the case. So I don't want it to come off like I'm saying this is everyone should be a stay-at-home parent. But um, I've always felt that when you make the decision to have kids, you owe them the very best that you're capable of um, because you chose to have them. They didn't choose to come into the world, into your family. So I guess that's kind of been my overwhelming philosophy and that I'm always trying to like I said, yeah, think, I think about parenting a lot and always trying to do the very best that I can um, and always kind of thinking, like, is there any way to do this better? Um, and part of that is definitely you can swing the other way and drive yourself crazy, always trying to second guess, I guess, what you're doing. So I mm -hmm. think I've kind of found the balance of through talking to people and getting advice and taking a little bit from here and a little bit from there and you find the thing that works for you. Um, and I guess that's how it's kind of evolved into seeing, like, I see parenting as you have to see the whole child and that each child has their own needs and they're unique from child to child. And that often when there's a problem, if you, I try now to see the problem in terms of how does this problem reflect a need that the child has that's not being met and how can we meet that need instead of this is a problem because they're just misbehaving because they, you know, it's not that they want to be, you know, there's not really any kids out there who want to be bad. They don't just want to cause trouble. It's usually, um, you know, something's going on and this is more, I mean, it's different when you have a one-year-old versus a 10-year-old because a one-year-old like their needs are they're tired or they have a dirty diaper or they're hungry or they're overstimulated from all the noise. Um, and then it just gets more complicated from there, trying to figure out what, you know, okay, I'm seeing this behavior, what need is not getting met. Um, and yeah, so I guess that's kind of how I see parenting now is really looking at the whole child and what they need and trying to help meet those needs, but at the same time, making sure that every member of the family is getting their needs met so that me trying to meet the needs of the kids does not mean that I'm getting totally depleted on my own. So, so yeah, that's, I guess, my parenting philosophy. I've never really thought of it as a philosophy, but. <laughs> yeah, well, I think yeah. that sounds pretty, pretty that good. Coherent philosophy. <laughs> uh, you mentioned a little bit about finding time for space for yourself. And I know that must, I mean, I guess as new parents, that has been really challenging for us. How mm -hmm. with when they outnumber you and your partner, how do you carve out, how do you carve out that time for yourself? Um, that part actually, I feel like gets a little easier as they get older. <laughs> um, so I, you guys have talked about your peps group a lot. Um, when we were in Los Angeles, 
I didn't have many friends that had kids and I was working, you know, I went back to work. And then when we moved to Colorado, we didn't know. I, we moved to Colorado when Robbie was four months old and Eric was two and a half. And it must have been delightful. It was. And we didn't have any family. We didn't have any friends here. We, uh, yeah, we didn't know anyone. And so it was very isolating for a few months. And then I found a mom's group, a mom's club chapter. And that was really amazing. And all of a sudden I had this community that I didn't even know that I was missing. And How did you so, find them? Uh, I, you know what? I just kind of Googled mom's groups, mom's clubs, and mm -hmm. then came upon them. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and then, yeah, and that was it. And I, it, the, as those groups kind of, as the kids get into school, everyone kind of drops out of the groups because your friends, your parenting friend circles tend to switch from moms or peps or whatever to mm -hmm. then once your kids are in school, you become friends with the parents of the kids that your child is friends with. Mm -hmm. um, and so that original mom, like I'm not part of that mom's club anymore, but I'm still friends with the same women that were in it. And we meet for coffee every weekend. I know Allison's familiar that yeah. um, there was one of them who started one day and said, let's go get coffee. And the coffee group was started. And so every Saturday or Sunday, um, I get together with a couple of friends at 7.30 in the morning and we leave the kids at home and we go and get coffee. Um, and it's, it's my sanity. It's uh, just having that time to myself and time to share and vent. And yeah, that's, it's, we all call it our free therapy. <laughs> so there's that. And then, yeah, you know, just getting out and doing stuff with friends and, um, I get a little bit because I get, I sink myself pretty deep into the parenting. A lot of my free time is taken up with parenting school related activities and doing stuff, but I do enjoy that. And it's, I find it fulfilling and satisfying. And some of that is without the kids, it's while they're in school, so. Terrific. Mm -hmm. Let's take a step back. So we've talked a little bit about how you, your and Allison's relationship changed after Joanne, you had children. Um, so mm -hmm. now you have, um, both joined a club yes. of parenting slash yeah. being moms. Yeah. Um, how do you, I guess, Allison, Joanne, how do you feel that relationship has changed or a greater understanding of like each other or yeah. anything like that? How has that changed? I, I feel like I finally understand the work Joanne has been doing, <laughs> you know, like uh, I, I, I always appreciated that before, but I felt like you just don't really know how mentally and physically and exhausting it can be until you're doing that work yourself. Um, yeah. So I felt like after Wes, I had a huge appreciation that Joanne has done it three times. Uh, <laughs> and so it was, it was finally taking that step, you know, of, she went to college and then I went to college and, you know, went through that same transition. And it feels like I finally uh, took that next step of having a child and now kind of knowing what more of what her world is like. So I feel close, much closer in that respect. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think I am more sad to say it, but like more interested or involved or 
find deeper meaning when Joanne talks about parenting and our kids and what they're going through. Because before I just, I had no basis for what it all meant or, you know, um, and, and now I feel like I can kind of dive in uh, and understand more of what's going on in her life. Yeah. So I, no, I think that's, no, I don't think that's sad. I think that's normal. I mean, you know. Yeah. I kind of say like before when I didn't have children, I was like more engaged. But, but I mean, it's the cliche that's so true. Yeah. Like you don't really understand until you yeah. do it. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, I, I get that when you don't have a kid of your own, mm-hmm. you don't really understand how that much time can be taken up by just mm-hmm. feeding and taking care of a small infant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when you do it, you're like, oh, now I get it. There, It really does take that much time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. What about you, Joanne? Just, do you feel? Yeah, I, you know, I, I knew that there was a long time where it wasn't, we weren't sure if you were, you guys were going to have kids or not. Um, mm-hmm. And it would have been fine if you hadn't. But when you told me that you were pregnant and expecting, it was definitely that like, Oh, good. Like now we'll have this thing coming. Like I can talk about these stuff. And yeah. Um, and honestly, one of my first reactions was like, Oh good. I can't wait to help. <laughs> yes. That was very nice. Yeah. Always helping out. <laughs> but I felt the same way. Um, our brother, Dan, when he had kids, we, he lived with our dad growing up and we lived with our mom. And so there was a little bit more distance. And then I feel like, just personality wise, we didn't have as much in common. And then when he had kids, I feel like there was this whole new level that we could relate to each other on. And we're much closer now than we've ever been just because I feel like we have some of that shared experience that really can make relationships more meaningful. And so it's nice to have that too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a shared trauma. survivor (laughs) gotcha um yeah and i guess it was probably really neat for all of you to kind of convene probably in texas and see see all yeah see all the children yeah that's nice to just be around you know it, it wasn't until i had no desire to ever go to family reunions before I had Wes. And I don't know what suddenly changed after having Wes mm-hmm. of like, <laughs> yes, it's I funny need to you be say that. Family. Because I definitely felt like once I had kids, mm-hmm. I felt like a stronger desire to be close to family. Yeah. And I think I put it down to like, I think there actually must be some kind of hormonal like brain chemistry or something be. that changes because <laughs> be I think it's like once you have kids, you really just want your family closer. Yeah. And uh, I was really curious when you were going to have kids. I was like, I kind of wonder if that's going to happen to Allie. Because <laughs> it was weird. I feel yeah. like I should be able to explain why that happened. And I, I don't because it was almost like night and day of... Yeah. Not really having much desire to be close to family and then all of a sudden to be like, Yes, Wes needs to be around his his cousins. His yeah. cousins and his aunts and uncles. Aunts and and uncles. Yeah. And yeah. It was crazy. And like yeah. be around grandparents and like have that uh and even to this day it's like, uh, do we want to be like living closer to any of our family so that it's not just visits here and there and 
Yes, yes, come closer. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I know I've definitely had the thought of um, as my kids get older, there are going to be time. I feel like I'm constantly prepping for the teenage years, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like there are going to be times where they don't want to talk to their parents and mm -hmm. I really want them to have other trusted adults that they can talk to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the best, the best place for that is with family, you know, aunts and mm -hmm. uncles and grandparents and people who can, you know, who really love my kids and want the best for them and can give them good advice. But at the same time, they're not parents. And so there's not that same strife, I guess. Yeah. So the power dynamic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Without having to talk to strangers on the internet instead. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Keep it in the family. Right. Yeah. Oh, what other questions do you have for your sister? Uh, crap. I have some. You have some questions. <laughs> I even... Oh, I was going to ask you, Joanne. So you mentioned before that you didn't have a lot of friends with kids. Um, in LA when you first had Eric. Mm -hmm. Did you have like a parenting role model or someone you you did kind of look up to or get advice or vent or or did you not have that at all at all? Um the main person I had was Melissa. Uh, um okay. so we were good friends with this other couple, Tom and Melissa, and they, they kind of had parallel lives. They had moved from Michigan and we had moved from Ohio and um, Brian and Tom worked together when we first got to California and Melissa was going to law school at UCLA and I was going to grad school at UCLA and we all we had kids about the same time she was a little bit ahead of me her first daughter Sarah was born um, about a year before Eric and so she was really my go-to person um, as as I kind of went through those mm -hmm. early parenting years um, and that was really it, I guess. I mean, most of the people that I worked with, I really had good friendships with them, but they were a little bit younger and they, no one, I mean, they were, some of them were having, they were seriously dating, but no one was even married, let alone having kids. So, but even my boss, my boss didn't have any kids. So yeah, it was so, but I didn't really feel like I was missing anything. I think I didn't yeah. know that there was something that I was missing until mm -hmm. I found it later. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is what was missing. <laughs> yeah. Do you, parenting now, like, how do you, so when I watch you parent, I'm kind of amazed, because even when we're in Texas, watching you do constant conflict resolution with your three boys just astounds me. And to this day, I'm just like, I don't even get it, like, how you manage to do that. Anyway, so, like, I... I feel like sometimes watching you, I take mental notes of like, okay, try that and try that. Okay. You know, do you, when you're trying to figure out a new parenting challenge, mm -hmm. uh, do you pick and choose from books or friends or just experiment and see what works or is it hashing it out with yeah. Brian, your, your spouse and, and figuring out a plan, like how do you tackle new parenting challenges? Right. Well, I should also say like, I mean, you, by the time you saw more of it, I was already on child number three. And right. that when Eric was a baby, I was just as clueless as anybody else. And I definitely remember 
when he was younger than a year, just kind of being in the house, staring at each other, like, God, what do I do? Like, (laughs) yeah, I remember spreading out like errands. You could never do more than one errand a day because I was like, I need to have some place to go if I do two errands in one day. Um, And I'm going to interrupt you just for a second because I, before we got on the phone together just now, I was thinking about when Joanne came to visit when Wes was only like three or four weeks old. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was incredibly panicked to have to go to the grocery store for the first time with Wes. (laughs) And I just didn't, I had no idea how I was going to manage it. Like I I was in such an anxiety roller coaster about just going to the grocery store for Wes. And looking back on it now, I'm just like, what, why was I so, I mean, I know why I was anxious, but like, I just seems no, so but I was and, too. I mean, yeah. I remember trying to go to a restaurant and I like was trying to time it down to the minute and right, like, right. okay, I'm going to nurse him in the car because yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like that at the beginning. But I just remember Joanne being very patient and like, okay, well, here's, <laughs> here's like your tools. <laughs> you can use the carrier, but you know, you can have the back. I just remember you walking me through it very carefully and not <laughs> I never felt like judged or laughed at oh, good. <laughs> so, so I just really appreciate well, when good. I was in that like I've only been parenting for three weeks now and like totally unsure of myself <laughs> I was so happy to be able to be there and yeah yeah and do that but yeah I just because other people seem like they have it together doesn't mm-hmm. mean they haven't been right there in that exact right. same moment of, I don't know how to do this. I mean, like I have similar moments now. They're just, they're not taking kids to the grocery store. Actually, I still do have times when I'm in the grocery <laughs> store and I'm like, okay, two children are actually like chasing each other around the display of water bottles, screaming and yelling. And the other one is like hiding from me because he's so mad at me. And I'm just like, maybe I should just walk away and pretend I don't know them. <laughs> um, I'm like, ah, I can't believe I'm that person who's got her kids going like yeah. a three ring circus in yeah. the grocery store. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't remember now even what the question. Oh, you were asking uh, about like parenting yeah. challenges. Yeah. I am not a big believer in parenting books. Um, I have, I know lots of people who do. I think they're valuable. But my biggest thing is that if I read one, I will start second guessing and trying to make a million changes at once. And it makes me more stressed out than mm-hmm. it hurts more than it helps. Um, so there are a few exceptions that I've actually found useful, but Mostly I talk to friends and kind of hash it out to try to get perspective too um, and just talk to people and say like, you know, well, what did you do when this happened or what did you do? And then a lot of it's just trial and error because, Mm -hmm. you know, you just try something and then you try to see if it helps and because something that worked with one child might not, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, good, I figured this out. I remember doing this with Eric, so this should be no problem with Robbie. And it's like, oh, surprise, what worked with Eric does not work at all with Robbie. So back to the drawing board. Um, And so, yeah, it's kind of a constant, like, yeah, trial and error, just Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like that's what my PhD really prepared me for parenting. It's all about doing the experiment (laughs) multiple times and trying to find patterns. (laughs) And failing. (laughs) And failing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But that's the good thing, right? Like, as long as you love them, you can't screw them up that badly. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Yeah. You'll always get, I think I did read that in one of the few parenting books I read. It's like, don't worry, if you screw it up, you will 
guaranteed get another chance <laughs> because there is no parenting challenge that is a one-time deal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. Yeah, I feel like I'm enjoying a little bit of like a lull between parenting challenges, I guess, now that we're... Or, I feel like the last few parenting challenges have still been pretty straightforward of like mm -hmm. you're teething and, uh, and so I'm appreciating the simplicity of it right now versus yeah. when it gets more complicated when he gets older. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like the parenting, I mean, they're just, I mean, they're not really parenting books. They're like mm -hmm. what your baby is doing developmentally is really that definitely as he gets more older and, nuanced mm -hmm. yeah for sure mm -hmm. like i um i guess i'm like oh well we're yeah. past one so i guess right. like all, all of our books and energy were just like how to not kill my baby after, for the first, first year, year. So now, now i'm just like oh, well, like oh uh, what do we do guess, yeah uh but but it doesn't really work that much. I mean, just like you read books that say what's going on with your baby developmentally the first year, it's the same thing. Like you can read books and stuff that will tell you develop me developmentally what's going on with them, which helps you understand like what they need or, or why they might be all of a sudden lying to you left and right or, <laughs> and you're like, Oh good. That's normal. Yeah. <laughs> It, it is always reassuring to know what is normal. I know. Right. Like, like the biting, lots of biting. Right. Yeah. 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 I just I was told um, by an expert that for both boys and girls in fourth and fifth grade around there, they start mm -hmm. to get these little micro hormone surges oh. where they will be like totally fine. And then all of a sudden they have this rage that comes out of nowhere. Um, and then by the time you like call them over and take the deep breath and think about God, when can I have that glass of wine? And you get them over to you and it's gone all of a sudden. And she was like, mm -hmm. no, this is actually normal. You're not going crazy. It's like a real thing. And like, mm -hmm. it happens just like roll with it. <laughs> it's like, okay, good to know, I guess. <laughs> I feel like it's easier to have patience during moments like that when you know there's a rational yes, reason behind exactly. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you know there's a reason behind it, it's easier yeah. to just yeah. let it roll off you yes <laughs> so i was talking to someone at work and she's like sometimes my toddler is just crazy and mean and just yeah. so moody she's like and he's done teething so i don't understand why <laughs> <laughs> like, no that's when you're like it's a phase it's just a phase yeah. just keep it's telling yourself that <laughs> this next 18 years it's just it's a phase, just a phase. <laughs> they're gone mm -hmm. Um, do you have any, oh, or, or, oh, I've got one last oh, you question. Got one more and question. Then, okay. Um, so, so now that we've built up a pretty big body of work, we're, I think mm -hmm. that episode, this will be episode like 30 ish. Um, uh -huh. wow. is there anything that has surprised you or things you wanted to comment on specifically about any of our previous episodes, um, that have come up as you've um, been listening to them? I guess, I don't know, I'm, I, the stuff that has been interesting, I'm, well, I should say, I haven't listened to them all yet, I'm working my way through, but I've been listening to some of the ones with your pups friends, and you've been talking to, um, and also, Jason, you talked to someone from work who went back to work, so it's been really interesting just to mm -hmm. hear about the challenges with working and parenting, just because that's not, I mean, I had the one year where I tried to do that, and it was horrible, and, <laughs> um, it's been interesting to hear the perspectives on 
on that. It's like, a, it's a whole part of parenting that you've experienced that I haven't. So um, I guess that's been really kind of fun to listen to and to get that perspective. So. Terrific. That's yeah. great. Yes. What questions do you, let's see, what time is it? Yes. We wanted to honor your hour time commitment. No, well, right. what, <laughs> what questions do you have for us? Uh, I don't know, I guess, um, you've had a lot of people talk about how to do like the work-life balance. I'm kind of curious if anything that people has told you has kind of changed your approach or strategy, or if you're, have done anything differently as you've done all these interviews with trying to manage time and work and taking care of Wes at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the first thing that comes to mind is just, I think I've gotten better about feeling less guilty about doing self care and not taking, and not using that same time towards Wes or household chores or other things. Um, Cause I think talking to other people, it, it becomes more and more important or even listening to other parenting podcasts like how important it is to take care of your yourself um and i forget who's who said it but you know i think it's said often of you can't have a happy child if you're not also happy and you know and it's important to take care of yourself, take care of your partner so that you can take care of your child together. So I yeah. think that's really been helpful talking to so many different parents. Uh, yeah, I think that's for me what I've taken oh, away. That's true. What have I taken away uh, over all these interviews and things like that? I guess just that, you know, uh, what I'm what I'm experiencing right now is like I'm not alone in that you know mm-hmm. it, parenting can feel really isolating sometimes yeah. um, mm-hmm. but it's been really great to know that I guess I'm not alone in these struggles in terms of trying to make this balance work that it that it does require a lot of effort and mm-hmm. there is no there's no one way of, of doing it that every everyone kind of finds their own way or, or hopefully mm-hmm. does so that's it's been helpful to know that yeah yeah alone. And I really appreciated a couple of weeks ago when you interviewed or published your conversation with Zach mm-hmm. and you were talking about having a feminist son and you asked him, you know, what advice he had, you know, raising a son mm-hmm. and he said, you know, let him be his authentic self. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just generally important. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> like discovering who Wes is as he gets older and let him be who he is without me trying to control or guide him too much, right. which is something I feel like I could be very prone to doing. And well, like, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, that's kind yeah. of a natural thing to do. You yeah. look for yourself and your kids yeah. and you, you know, it is, it can be very challenging to mm-hmm. let them be themselves and not mm-hmm. try to, Subconsciously, I think a lot of times we do it without realizing we're doing it and mm-hmm. push them in the direction that speaks to us. And mm-hmm. we have to kind of be like, wait a minute, what's they're their own person. So. Right. It's true. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I do remember still that line that Lucy said when we weren't recording about letting, having the patience to let your 
let your child reveal themselves to you in terms of yeah so mm-hmm. absolutely that that really resonated with me too in a very mm-hmm. similar vein so mm-hmm. yeah. um, i think we we both are people that like control and mm-hmm. um plan things out to manage different parts of our personality we don't like as much so i think for wes as he gets older i think that will be a challenge and that both of his parents mm-hmm. are are very um much like that yeah <laughs> yeah we won't make him do excel spreadsheets or you know for homework uh, but there will be some organization for, for sure, sure. Yeah. yeah 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 it's been interesting to hear especially uh when jason you were talking to your family about music because that's uh-huh, something yeah. that i've we've i've kind of thought about is do we push them i generally am of the thought that you shouldn't force your kids to do something they don't want to do except for that i feel like with music and musical instruments it's not really enjoyable in the beginning because there's it takes a while to get good and i feel like it's not as enjoyable it's a lot more work than fun in the beginning Mm -hmm. but if someone pushes you to do it then you can get to this great place where it's a very valuable thing and so i still don't really know where to come down on that um of is it worth pushing your kids to learn an instrument even if it comes down to saying no you have to do this Oh, yes, I'm, I'm nodding. Sorry, people on the podcast, I'm nodding my head very vigorously. Yeah. I will say I highly did not enjoy doing, like, learning music or, like, right. music in all those choirs, um, pr- probably for the first 10 to 12 years of my life. Uh, <laughs> That's a long time to fight. I was really unhappy for 10 years, but it was totally worth it. <laughs> I'm like, no, I really I'm... struggle to get them to, like, take a shower sometimes. So the thought yeah. of battling it out over Absolutely. piano practice for a while. Yeah. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll say as uh, someone where music is such a huge part of my life and where I come across, to, to me it is that really alien part where like, you know, we go out, you know, singing or whatever and to some people that like, like music is not a big part of their life or yeah. they just don't enjoy like even singing to themselves or singing in the car. And I'm like, that's yeah. sort of a huge loss for your own like um, self-expression. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, that's me just being a little judgy, of course, because I was forced to do music. But I feel like I've asked this question of people who, as adults, you know, I can ask them as adults and say, are you glad in retrospect? And most of them say yes. Most people say, yes, I'm glad that they made me do it because it was a valuable experience. And I'm glad that I now, as an adult, know how to play or how to sing or how to whatever. So, yeah, it's a tough call. It's true. But I think, like, particularly if, you know, your kids are interested in, like, some uh, fair amount of sciences or the physics. I mean, I mean, when you think about music and mm-hmm. harmonics and the waves and yeah. things like that, I think there's some really, I mean, there's some mm-hmm. really sciencey type things about mm-hmm. music too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it can reach a lot of different people on, yeah, on lots of different levels. Yeah. yeah. And, and I will say no one ever forced me into music, but I still was in the band for two years and I did never excel at the trombone. Um, <laughs> and I was also in the choir for several years as well yeah i was um, in choir and i really enjoyed it yeah yeah but yeah so well, you don't so, necessarily need to be forced into it that's true some that's kids true. will choose will choose to do it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah eric and robbie are both at 10 and 8 years old they're kind of in a stage where they've kids at least with like the extracurricular activities there's kind of a progression like soccer's the first one because it's the easiest thing for little kids to do and they all mm-hmm. kind of go through this thing well i should say 
despite genders, kids should be able to try whatever they want to do, but there's definitely gender divisions and they've gone through the, let's try soccer, let's try basketball, let's try baseball, let's mm-hmm. try various things. And uh, they've kind of gone through the ones and they're getting to the point where their friends are starting to, they figured out the thing that they really want to do and mm-hmm. kind of settled into their activities that really, really interest them. Um, and so it's, like you said, a different parenting challenge of kind of trying to guide them but not guide them too strongly to trying mm-hmm. to find the things that interest them and trying to give them exposure to things that they might not have thought of, but at the same time, not putting them in a million different activities. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just one more parenting avenue. <laughs> For sure. I yeah. definitely saw a small football the other day and I'll... I saw it and I was like, oh, I should get that for Wes because he doesn't have a football. And I was like, no, never football. (laughs) Well, so that's what I thought. And then Robbie last spring said, Mm. I want to either try football or lacrosse. And I was like, oh, God, not football. Okay, lacrosse. Little did I know, lacrosse is actually worse than football. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) In terms of like how. That's what Jason just told me. Yes. Yes. In terms of how injury, how rough it is. It Mm -hmm. was like, wow, this is kind of crazy like I can't believe they're telling them to hit each other with sticks but okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway oh. it'll be interesting when they get into high school I'm interested to see what, yeah what interest they have it's really fun to see I feel like that's one of the joys of parenting is see the different parts of their personality and who they are emerge and come out mm-hmm. and it's it's always changing and fun and surprising and a lot of times mm-hmm. it's filled with a lot of joy. So it's one of the best okay. parts of parenting. Well, I guess my super last question for you, and unfortunately it is a big question, but I feel like a good question. So you've got mm-hmm. three wonderful sons. Um, uh, how, I guess, in how do you try to raise them being mindful in terms of what, what we talk about culture and, and feminism and trying to really be hyper aware of these all these different types of things going on in society. How do you try to be mindful of being sure that they are strong feminist allies or, or, or I guess, full question mark? Um, it's been a little, it's, um, I don't know. I'm trying to organize my thoughts here. I know it's a big, it's a big big opening question, but yeah, it's, So part of it is just, you know, sometimes I feel like it's such a struggle on a daily basis to just keep them, like, just deal with the very more self-centered issues of self-esteem and Mm -hmm. how do you manage friendships? And I mean, yeah, that's been some of the big themes lately is like, how do you not be a jerk? (laughs) You have to, you know, okay, do you see how the thing that you just said was actually kind of rude and implied that the other person was stupid? No, you didn't understand that's what you were implying. Well, you were, so let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I feel like the bigger issues just get shelved because there's too many bigger things of just like general social emotional learning that take all of the time and energy. Um, but I guess what we do, like the main way that we approach that is Uh, we tend to have NPR or other things on or news stories come up and we will occasionally when we see a news story that illustrates some kind of principle that we think is important um, we'll say hey let's you know can I I want to talk about this news story something that happened in the news and or something that I read 
Um, or even we still, I read a chapter or two of a book to Eric and Robbie out loud every night. And I've actually found that through reading out loud to them, even though they can read on their own, they don't need me to read, but it allows me to sometimes stuff comes up in the books to say, oh, well, do you see how that boy was just getting teased? You know, you can use a book where maybe some kind of feminist issue comes up and you say, do you see how that boy was embarrassed because he didn't want to act? He didn't want to do something that seemed like he was acting feminine. You know, what do you think about that? Um, so I try to use real life examples as much as possible and just try to point it out. Um, and they're usually more receptive to stuff when it is approached, when you kind of sneak it up on them <laughs> instead of sitting like, we're going to sit down and have a talk now. <laughs> instead it's more, and I feel like we get the best discussions when I wasn't really wasn't prepared to have a big discussion. It just kind of came anyway. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I feel like we've had, most of the time it's worked out well, but a couple of times we've had it backfire because it's really hard to predict which things from real life they're going to just kind of take in and be like, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Now can I go back to whatever I was doing? <laughs> but we've had a couple of times where they will really take something in and become very anxious and upset about it. Um, and I really don't want to give them too many adult things to worry about when they're still kids. Cause I feel like, I mean, I think we would all love to go back to being kids where we didn't have to worry about grown up stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's just, yeah. Day by day, I guess. <laughs> well, I think that general teaching them how to be good people, <laughs> yes. you know, kind of the umbrella you know, teaching um, to be kind and empathetic. Kind. And yes. Yeah. 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 I yeah. Sure. I mean, there's stuff, there's definitely been, there's some moments that just pop right out. I mean, they have mm -hmm. on Brian's side, they have a cousin who's Sam's age. So he's four and a half and he has gorgeous, gorgeous red hair. That's long. Mm -hmm. And they will keep, they keep referring to him as her and she. And mm -hmm. so every time they do it, not so much Eric, but mm -hmm. Sam and even Robbie sometimes will do it. And we have to say, you know, no, so there's a boy <laughs> and they'll be like, but he has long hair. And I'm like, yes, you have lots, you know, lots of men with long hair and then we kind of, you know, can mm -hmm. even list through, mm -hmm. you know, that's okay. That's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Thanks to school. There's no shortage of situations that let you have teachable <laughs> moments. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So. Terrific. Well, thank you. Uh, well, yeah. something that obviously is on my mind quite a bit with everything that's happening in today's world. So yeah, absolutely it's a crazy world. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, yeah. sitting down and chatting so with us. This was fun. Sam we know. We, we I know. I know. Any sort of <laughs> Small little miracle. Appreciate it. I do know how how valuable your free time is. So appreciate that, and yeah. appreciate your children and your partner for allowing this to happen as well. So I yeah. appreciate you guys for doing this podcast. It's been really fun to listen to, and I'm yeah. honored and you know, that you invited me to talk. <laughs> yeah, and you know, mom is like crying just a little bit as she listens to this maybe yes i'm sure hey marcia <laughs> she loves these podcasts loves yeah loves, loves yeah, yeah. So, i love that's that good. she loves them that's great yeah <laughs> maybe you can record them on a cd and give them to her for her birthday. i know yeah. yeah there you go we'll record a very special episode for you marcia yeah. <laughs> yeah. ruining the surprise right now well are you gonna have her on the podcast i have to eventually ask. yeah when she comes out to visit yeah oh yeah. yeah she's coming out in about a month 
So yeah. to be so. continued. That's yeah. true. I was just thinking the one thing that um, this just popped into my head, but I know you were talking on another podcast with someone about traditions and family traditions. Oh, and yeah. I always felt like one of the things that I love about parenting was when I had that moment of realizing, wait a minute, I'm the parent, we're the parents, like we can do whatever we want. <laughs> and so um, I think it's fun to see. It's been really fun to kind of be able to pick our own traditions. And I look forward to seeing what kind of traditions you guys come up with now that Wes is starting to get yeah. approaching the age when he can actually remember stuff so it's yeah. <laughs> it, it has been really interesting um just seeing this side of allison revealed like what you know you know obviously we've been dating and married before we had wes and then suddenly like christmas is huge and like halloween <laughs> is huge like all these things and it's like to an extent that i had like never seen you excited about something like that before. i don't know what ha- i honestly don't know what happens like all of a sudden I love Christmas so much and like I love Christmas too I yeah and there's something about listening to Christmas carols while decorating the tree that like just brings on so much happiness and and I feel like I just want to amplify that (laughs) as much as I can with decorations and making Jason list up listen to all the Christmas music for all the all of December yeah, I do the all. same thing too I put on Christmas music for all of December and yeah it's fun but I think it's you know it's you get to have Christmas is full of tradition and I think mm-hmm. it gives it just reinforces that feeling of home and family and yeah that's why it's fun yeah, yeah yeah I totally get you I've started we have a tradition now we always go out um after Thanksgiving and we go to Hallmark and the boys get to pick out an ornament a new ornament for the tree and so then it's really fun because then when we decorate the tree they Mm -hmm. all get to find like oh here's my ornament and they they remember the ones that they picked from past Mm -hmm. years and it's it's really fun so i love that jason has a tradition as his family of similar of getting an ornament it's it's picked by handed by my mother yeah Mm -hmm. but like i think we'll do something something similar similar until he's old enough enough to pick his own yeah. But yes, I do yeah. have a box now in our garage of all three, all his... three five ornaments of mine. So. Ornaments, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Jason's like, where are all your ornaments? And I'm like, I think they're at my sister's, like some of them. I have some of the later years ones, like yeah. the ones where mom got a set for everybody. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't have, Damon actually has some of the really old school ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a couple of childhood ones that were mine. I have like my clay handprint. Yeah, I remember that. Things like that. And this one that I must have made when I was in kindergarten that is like a cardboard cutout tree with sequins glued on it. Yeah, I remember that too. (laughs) I honestly can't remember any of my ornaments. Oh, that's a little sad. It is, but it's okay. That's, that's why we've got that new we do have a six foot artificial tree this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun. So now you get to fill it up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. True. I'm very excited. Yeah. To add to our <laughs> awesome. Well, okay. we, we can still keep yeah. talking. I'm going to hit the end, end, end of recording here. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and on our host, Anchor FM. Music used for this podcast includes Live Wire by Steve Combs, With a Whimper by Josh Woodward, and Olivia by Heisen. You can email us at halfthefunpodcast at gmail.com and send us voicemails through the Anchor FM app. 
You can check out more photos and commentary about this episode on our website, halfthefun.fun. That's halfthefun.fun. And like us on Facebook. Want to be on the show? Drop us a line. See you next week. <laughs>